Epic Games sues Fortnite Chapter 2 Leaker, a lawyer's view. Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today, if you were hoping that we'd be discussing a lawsuit, well, you're in luck. We haven't talked about a lawsuit in the video game industry in some time. I think the last time we talked about one was in respect of Randy Pitchford's quote-unquote exoneration by virtue of a settlement in his lawsuit with Gearbox and with his former general counsel. And that was the last time we really dived deep into legal material. So we're going to do that today. Uh, and the premise for this is going to be based on this Polygon article that I saw while looking at things this morning called Epic Games Suing Fortnite Tester Who Leaked Chapter 2. Now, the context for this is that people contact me a lot about what kind of legal ramifications there are for leaking materials, how we get so much leaked materials, how the Reddit sites that focus on leaks for Fortnite or Star Wars or anything else really work and what kind of liabilities people have. And so I thought this was a good entry point to kind of talk about that a little bit because Epic Games actually is entering into a lawsuit against someone they are accusing of leaking their materials. Now, one of the things that should jump out at you here is the, is the phrase Fortnite tester, which means that the person who is accused of leaking materials here is not some random guy off the street who happened to stumble upon a folder of materials that some Epic Games employee accidentally left at a bar. This is actually a person that signed a contract with Epic Games. And you might be familiar with the term, but that contract that they signed, among other things in all likelihood, is a non-disclosure agreement or an NDA, or you might also see this described as a confidentiality agreement. We're going to take a look at what those documents actually look like. I'm going to use a sample from the internet that maybe isn't great, but we'll get the point across as to how these things work. But long story short, they basically say, hey, company, you're going to reveal some of your secrets to me. I know that. You need to reveal those secrets to me for, for me to do a bit of work, in this case, testing your game. And because those secrets are important to you, I'm going to promise to keep them confidential, to keep them secret, to not use them for any reason other than doing whatever it is that you would have me do. In this case, testing the game. But it does mean that you're going to have a contractual relationship with the company. And if you follow virtual legality at all, you know I'm a corporate lawyer. I draft and get people to sign contracts and talk about what those terms might be. I negotiate them. And so contract law is really my bread and butter. But it means that when you've got your, your name signed to a document that's a contract that obligates you to certain things, then that is a vector for the other side to potentially sue you for breach of that contract. And that's what this lawsuit actually is. That's why you don't see a lawsuit regarding necessarily pictures of sets for movies. If there wasn't trespassing involved or other leaks that happen when the person doesn't have a duty, an obligation to the company that has had their materials uh, leaked out. It's one of the reasons you can see reports on leaks in the press uh, because the press, the, the journalists that are reporting on those leaks, they don't have a contractual obligation to the company. In this case, because of that contractual obligation, we are going to see that that's what this lawsuit is based on. And we're going to talk a little bit about why maybe Epic Games isn't necessarily seeking a lot of damages here because those are going to be difficult to prove. And we're going to talk about why. But as a signal, as a we don't take this lightly, next group of testers, this lawsuit was probably deemed important enough internally to bring, even though 
in all likelihood, there maybe isn't a lot of financial recompense that Epic Games can get out of this. But let's take a look at the summary from Polygon. We're only going to look at this a little bit. Thankfully, Polygon does the thing that I love most here from journalists, and they actually link a copy of the lawsuit so that we can talk about the primary source material. And thank you very much for that, Polygon. But here's the summary. A Fortnite user experience tester is being sued by Epic Games for spoiling Fortnite Chapter 2. Epic filed the lawsuit today in a North Carolina court a couple days ago, alleging that Ronald Sykes, known online as Invisible Lemma 9, leaked information about Fortnite's now-revealed Chapter 2. Earlier in October, Fortnite went offline for two days. Epic claimed that a black hole had engulfed the game. This, of course, was all part of a marketing plan, and nobody really didn't think that it wasn't. The game returned with a new map and other significant changes. It's an event Epic had been building to for months through its first 10 seasons, spread inside and outside of Fortnite in hints and hidden Easter eggs, according to the lawsuit. The lawsuit then said Sykes broke a non-disclosure agreement by revealing information he learned as a user experience tester. He did so at the expense of Epic and those in the Fortnite community who were anxiously awaiting the new season of Fortnite, only to have some of Epic's planned surprises spoiled by Sykes's leaks, their lawyers wrote. And that's basically the summary of what we're going to look at. But like I said, it's important to look at the primary source material and it's important to kind of conceptualize what an NDA actually says. So I've pulled up this sample from nondiscloseureagreement.com. This is the kind of uh, legal Zoom form document that you can get in various places on the internet. I don't recommend using something this light, especially if you're a company that's looking to protect your trade secrets and other things, but it helps conceptually to talk about the overall kind of bones of what one of these agreements would have in it. My non-disclosure agreements generally are three or four pages. This is obviously something you could fit in one page, but looking at this, the first thing you do is you define confidential information. Here they say it's the stuff that we want to keep secret that has commercial value, but it has to be stamped as confidential. That's one of those areas where you can fight about it, depending on whether or not you're negotiating an NDA or just putting it in front of someone. But this one says you have to mark things as confidential. It is almost certainly the case that that wasn't a requirement in the Fortnite contract, that anything that you should know is a secret is a secret and you have to keep it that way. Exclusions are things that become public. It's no longer confidential if it gets out some, some other way. Uh, but everything that isn't out, you still have to keep confidential. There's some other exclusions that are pretty standard in these agreements. And then we get to paragraph three in this sample, which is the primary non-disclosure obligation. It says receiving party, the guy, the tester, shall hold and maintain the confidential information in strictest confidence for the sole and exclusive benefit of the disclosing party, Epic Games. Receiving parties shall carefully restrict access to confidential information to employees, contractors, and third parties as is reasonably required and shall require those persons to sign non-disclosure restrictions at least as protective as those in this agreement. Uh, said another way, this is designed to essentially allow you to have two companies entering into a non-disclosure agreement and you'll make sure that your people are also obligated under exactly what you're obligating the entire company to be obligated under. Not really important for this particular issue, but still something that you see in a lot of NDAs. Receiving parties shall not without the prior written approval of disclosing party, used for receiving party's own benefit, published copy or otherwise disclosed to others, or permit the use by others for their benefit or to the detriment of disclosing party, any confidential information. That's the main sentence, right? It says, you're going to use it only for what we need you to use it for, and you won't use it for any other reason. They go a little bit further here and they say, nothing for your own benefit, you can't copy, you can't distribute, all these other things. The Fortnite 
UX tester NDA will look different from this, but it will have in it a paragraph that has an obligation that says something like this, which is you'll only use the information you gain for our benefit and not for yours, and you won't use it for any other reason. And then it'll have a time period here, as we see in this agreement, it'll have a a tail for after you get done doing whatever it is that you're doing for Epic Games. You will also keep it confident uh, for two years, three years, five years, whatever it might be. And then a bunch of other provisions about where we can sue you and things of that nature. But that's an NDA. That's when we talk about these things or you see it in the news or you see it elsewhere on the internet. That's a non-disclosure agreement if you're not familiar with one. And these things are generally more robust. They probably identify some of the information specifically. They probably have some specific provisions about indemnification and potentially defensive lawsuits and things of that nature. But this is the overall concept when you talk about an NDA. This is what Mr. Sykes entered into and what Epic Games is accusing him of breaching. Now, before we get into the nature of this lawsuit, when you have a situation where you've entered into an NDA and then they can pin the disclosure of information directly on you as they do, or they at least appear to do here from from showing Twitter screenshots and things of that nature, you're basically dead to rights. You have breached your non-disclosure agreement. And so you are going to be in trouble with finding another job in the industry, whatever industry that might be. It's not limited to video games. It could be ball bearing manufacturer. It could be anything you can think of. If it was important for a company to have you sign an NDA, you go and you kind of flagrantly breach that NDA, it's going to be trouble for you finding work in that industry again and potentially other industries if this kind of story pops up with your name attached. One of the things that my clients do all the time is when they're looking to hire someone, they do a Google search and they look for your name and they see what exactly your background is. And so something like this, where you basically flagrantly disregarded an NDA that you signed up to is potentially a problem for your longevity in the industry that you've chosen. However, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a lot of damages pinned on you. And one of the things that I see in this case is a difficulty for actually establishing damages, right? When we think about damages, if you're not familiar with the term, the law basically is interested, if you've got a breached contract, of getting the other party, the party that suffered the breach, back up to a level that they would have had in terms of money had the breach not occurred. So one of the things that has to happen in a lawsuit like this is that Epic Games has to go and say, this is how he hurt us, and please give us money to get us back to where we are. A couple of things happen there, though, right? The court can't manifest money. It's not an edifice for creating uh, treasury notes and giving them out. So when you're suing somebody and they've done you wrong, they have to have the money to pay you. And in this case, I could be completely wrong, but it seems unlikely that a UX tester for Fortnite is what we would call a collectible defendant, right? Collectible meaning has a pocket of money that you can go and you can get. Epic Games is going and saying, hey, you owe us damages, but in all likelihood, this guy doesn't have damages to pay them to the extent that they would otherwise like to have or that would make it worthwhile for them to sue him. So that's part and parcel to this whole story is that why do they have this lawsuit if they can't get that money back? A couple reasons. One is they have something that is called injunctive relief which is relief that allows them to ask the court to force the other side to do something or refrain from doing something. And that's a very common in an NDA. Basically, you recite in your non-disclosure agreement that we don't think monetary damages, we don't think money would help get us back to a place where we are all made right. And so the court is given permission to go and order someone to not do something. And we'll see in this case, that's exactly what Epic Games is aimed at, is, hey, order him to not do this. Don't disclose our materials. Order him to destroy all materials that he currently holds, that he was given as part of his tester uh, job. But outside of that, 
the, the monetary damages probably aren't driving this as much as the injunctive relief and the signaling function of a lawsuit like this. Just like when you're talking about keeping discipline uh, on your military vessel, in your family, whatever it might be, one of the things that you're looking at is what is this action going to do right now to help inform how others will behave and should behave in the future? So Epic Games is going to be dealing with testers ad infinitum, right? Fortnite isn't going away anytime soon. So one of the things they have to do is they have to look at this and say, well, this is a blatant disregard for our NDA. If we do nothing, are we encouraging others to do this in the future? And I think the answer to that internally, and I would agree with them, is yes. So we have to do something in all likelihood. And so we bring this lawsuit, not so much to go get money out of it, not so much maybe even to make it a bad day for this gentleman in particular, but to inform others that we will go so far as to sue you in North Carolina court. Your name will be known. It will be attached to Polygon articles and you won't get a job in this industry again because people will know you flagrantly disregarded the NDA in the future. So that next group of testers don't do this because otherwise we are going to make your life a living hell. And so that's really probably a lot of the thought process behind this. Let's take a look at this overall court case, this claim that they've brought. I don't think we need to discuss it in great detail. I don't want to have a 50-minute version of virtual legality here because I think most people are familiar with Fortnite. If you're not, it's a battle royale game. It's not the first battle royale game, but it has been, at least recently, the most successful. And we see here that they describe it to a great deal, and we don't need to talk about those things in particular. They start out with defining a trade secret. Trade secret is information that is valuable because it is secret. If it loses its secrecy, it loses its value. A secret can no longer surprise those to whom it has already been disclosed. Now, this is an interesting definition of trade secret in and of itself. They're right. Trade secrets are essentially that in ephemeral intellectual property that a company has that isn't copyrighted, isn't patented. The, the way things work, how they make something, how Coca-Cola, how it gets its taste, trade secrets, right? And you don't want these known to the world at all. So you don't register them because part and parcel to actually getting copyright protection or patent protection is going and telling the U.S. government and by virtue of that, the world, exactly what it is that you are seeking to protect. And some things are so dangerous to have out there or that you don't want out there at all that you use other means to protect them. You use non-disclosure agreements, you use work for hire, you use safes in various countries to protect trade secrets. In this case, it's clear that Epic Games thought there was value in keeping things a surprise for what Fortnite Chapter 2 was going to be. So they're right that that was a kind of trade secret. But then they go and they say a secret can no longer surprise those to whom it has already been disclosed. So you can see that they're going to premise this concepting of trade secret on the fact that it can't surprise once it's been leaked, which is interesting because when we think of trade secrets, we're ordinarily thinking of things that are never going to be disclosed, that you don't want out there at all. In this particular case, they're talking about trade secrets that are going to be disclosed you know, within a couple weeks after this UX tester is done and within a little bit of time after he actually reveals the information. So this is a very short-term trade secret if the court finds that it's a trade secret and, and worthy of this protection at all, which they will, uh, I, in my opinion. But going outside of the normal kind of scope of trade secrets, you don't necessarily have easy-to-establish damages. You actually have to establish a damage that says... People would have been more excited. They would have spent more money on our service if they didn't know Chapter 2 was coming or if they didn't know Chapter 2's exact parameters. And at least in terms of reality, and that reality doesn't always match with legality or virtual legality or the law or anything like it, 
we look at it as the internet and say, okay, generally speaking, leaks are helpful to a certain kind of group of people that want to be excited about something. They need a little bit of that information and maybe not helpful to another group, but it's kind of hard to quantify that. So the actual surprise com component doesn't actually work too terribly strongly as a legal argument. They then say Epic is suing Sykes because he broke his contractual obligation to keep Epic secrets about the upcoming season of Fortnite, Epic's popular video game. Information is currency. Sykes cashed it in on what he learned as a user experience tester for Epic. He did so at the expense of Epic and those in the Fortnite community who were anxiously awaiting the new season of Fortnite only to have some of Epic's planned surprises spoiled by Sykes' leaks. Again, as a legal argument, this is almost bizarre, right? You're saying people are anxiously awaiting the information. This gentleman provided the information. If, they, if these people were anxiously awaiting it and it excited them, then didn't that actually serve a marketing function for your company? And that's one thing that we'll see throughout this claim that Epic has to deal with is, yeah, this guy might have been actually an ambassador for Fortnite. And while you want to establish that, hey, we don't allow anybody to leak this information, that's why we bother to have you sign an NDA, Almost all of his interactions are talking to people on Twitter that say, I'm not excited for, for season 11, and him saying, you should be because of X or because of Y. Season 11 is going to be it, I think he says later on. So it becomes a problem for actually kind of bringing the logical claim. And so if I were Epic, maybe I wouldn't bring it this way because you've got a very obvious, strict contract liability claim. And maybe I, if I were them, I would stick a little bit more closely to that because if I'm a judge, I don't know Fortnite, I'm just reading this thing. I look at it and I say, well, if they're so anxiously awaiting this information, that information gets out from this guy, how were you damaged? How were you actually hurt by it getting out? Sykes attempted to give the game away by leaking Epic secrets and spoiling the suspense that Epic had been working to generate and build for months in the run-up to Fortnite Chapter 2. His disclosure of Epic's trade secrets materially breached his non-disclosure agreement with Epic to maintain those secrets in strict confidence and betrayed the trust of the people at Epic with whom he worked. Uh, Fortnite is made by a bunch of people, significant changes in Fortnite Chapter 2. Unauthorized disclosure of trade secrets undermines the incentive to create and innovate because it demoralizes those who work on a game over many months only to have the fruits of their labor soured by someone they held in a position of trust. That's interesting. They're, they're actually saying that they're damaged here because the people that work on these things love working on them in secret, and by it getting out before the marketing push from Epic Games, they will be so demoralized as to be less inclined to make the next big expansion for Fortnite. I have no doubt that it is unfun to have something leaked out that you didn't want leaked out when you've got a marketing push and plan that comes out. And I think there is an argument to be had that you have damages for how you were going to present things and that you had to change them and you had to pay people to change them when a leak of this type happens and everybody believes it. However, in this particular case, I think it maybe goes a bridge too far to suggest that the actual people working on the game would be so demoralized by it being leaked that it would sour their ability to make future versions of the game. Sykes' spoilers did just what the word itself suggests. They diminished the anticipation of what was to come and the joy of looking forward to it. They detracted from the pleasure that the Fortnite community takes from the game because they deprived some of its members of the thrill that comes from the element of surprise and the delight of experiencing that surprise and the planned reveal all together at the same time. Now, I'm basically in agreement with that conceptually. That's the kind of guy I am. I like to avoid spoilers for things I'm excited about and have them all revealed in the way that the producer of the content intends for me to see them. But as a legal argument, 
I'm not sure that the pleasure that the Fortnite community takes from the game as this kind of nature of surprise being revealed all at the same time is something that is terribly easy to quantify in the form of damages. So again, you have a lot of language here talking about what we might discuss on an internet forum about whether leaks are good or whether trailers are good or whether E3 news updates are good for a video game. But at the end of the day, is that actually a cognizable legal harm that the court can say, yes, Mr. Sykes, you deprived these people of pleasure, and so you owe X amount of dollars? Because ordinarily what Epic has to do here is they have to say, well, because this was out, we lost X amount of users on Chapter 2 that we otherwise think we would have had had it not leaked. And so court, please pay us these damages. And that's not what they're doing here. They're basically just saying spoilers are bad. Defendant's conduct is damaging to Epic in many ways. Just as leaked secrets can generate significant traffic and revenue to the benefit of those who publish them, those leaks are destructive to the owner of the leaked material. So here we have the first kind of push towards not only did it hurt us, to the extent it helped him, to the extent he made it available on something that got him money, like a YouTube video, for instance, which has a revenue attached to it. You know, we have this in virtual reality is monetized on YouTube. So you see a couple of commercials at the start of the at the start of the episode. If the leaks got you 100 and 200 and 300 and 400,000 people watching, then you're going to make a few dollars. And Epic, I think rightfully under the law, says if you did that with our materials, then you owe us that money back and the court should get that money back at really bare minimum. Uh, in this particular case, I don't know that they bring a claim that actually suggests that he monetized it in any particular way. He leaked it to uh, Twitter followers and things of that nature. Leaks negatively impact the financial performance of current and future versions of the game. They tend to lessen the excitement and enthusiasm of a game's players and audience, potentially leading them to move to other games. Again, this is a kind of a objection, facts not cited, right? I think to a lot of us, this just makes natural sense. But to others, I've seen it in action on the internet and in my own friend group. That's not necessarily the case. Sometimes people need a push to say, okay, this is actually going to have this. You know, if Fortnite Chapter 2, if you really wanted swimming and I say, hey, you know, this one's going to have swimming in it, then maybe that increases your excitement and not decreases it because you don't know what swimming is going to look like. You don't know how it's going to be implemented, but it's useful to know it's going to have swimming in it because that's something that you've always wanted in the game. Again, these aren't kind of typical legal arguments. These are more arguments about the nature of internet spoilers, uh, which I find fascinating but which really aren't necessarily designed to help get the court to a place where they can establish what the damages might be. Number 10, Sykes's conduct con constitutes misappropriation of Epic's trade secrets and breach of the term of the non-disclosure agreement to which he agreed in order to have access to the trade secrets he stole and publicly disclosed, damaging Epic and spoiling the enjoyment of many of Fortnite's players and fans. This is actually absolutely right. Right? The non-disclosure agreement is the key to this whole thing. He signed his name to something that said, I'm going to keep your information in strict confidence. He then turned around and disclosed it on Twitter. This is all alleged, of course. But if he did these things, that's the easiest road to actually going and saying, hey, court, if we can't prove damages, we can talk about that. If we can't do these other things, we can talk about that. But he signed his name to this thing. He promised X. He did Y. You need to make amends somehow. And sometimes you get these kind of cases where that's right. I think the court, if this is all true, He's going to have to rule in favor of Epic Games, although in all likelihood this will get settled down the line. But if we went all the way down through a trial, then the court would side for Epic Games. And then the question becomes, do you have one of those court cases where they give Epic Games a dollar, right? That's how the courts say, you are right, but you failed to prove damages. 
And in this case, I'm having trouble finding direct damages. I'm having trouble finding a place where they actually allege a way to calculate damages on Fortnite other than, you know, the loss of pleasure of secrets and things like that. So you might have a case here where at the end of the day, yes, you can enjoin him from giving out your information. You can force him to destroy all information he has, but maybe the damages you ultimately get is a dollar. And the real penalty is, yeah, he probably owes you for the attorney's fees because it was so wanton and disregardful of his NDA and potentially some punitive damages. We're going to see those in just a bit. Uh, Nature of the action. It's a civil action. Trade secrets are protected under North Carolina and federal law. Here are the parties. Here you have jurisdiction and venue court. You can listen to all of this. Here's Epic Games. We're a company. We make Fortnite. Look at all this stuff. Fortnite's a battle royale game. We've got cartoons. We worked on actually selling the next season uh, using Easter eggs in a whole marketing push. We did a lot of marketing, Judge. You should pay attention to that. That cost us a lot of money to market all this stuff. We had a black hole. I mean, come on, a black hole, Judge. Uh, And this is the entire story that they're telling, right, is that we spent a lot of money prepping for this, and he took it all away because he leaked it. Now, whether or not everybody believed him, the internet is so full of misinformation that I'm not sure everybody did or anybody did. I'm not... You know, I don't have my finger on the pulse of the Fortnite community as to whether these leaks in particular were well-known or well-believed, but certainly they do establish in this claim, at least, that a lot of information that was important to them that they had built up uh, did get out there. They then established that Epic is the owner of all right, title, and interest, a little legalese for everything in and to the Fortnite-related trade secrets at issue in this case, including proprietary secret and confidential business and technical information and data related to Fortnite. Everything related to Fortnite is theirs, including how the map is developed, whether we have swimming in it, how daily metals work, etc., etc., etc. At the time of Sykes's unauthorized disclosures, Epic's trade secrets derived independent economic value from not being generally known to uh, other people. Right. So that's what is important when you're trying to establish a trade secret. It has to have commercial value to you. And so Epic is trying to say here, it is a value, not only because we're putting resources into building it, but that the secrecy is a value because our entire marketing push is premised on it. So having it leaked out hurts that marketing push, hurts what we have built, and it had value to us. Now, that's not the hardest thing to prove. They are clearly trying to keep it secret. The actual asking testers to sign NDAs helps establish that in a court of law. And obviously, this whole kind of black hole we go dark for two days was designed to kind of encourage that anxiety, that anxiousness, that wanting to see what Fortnite would do next. So nothing in that is wrong. What is so far kind of not wrong, but at least kind of a weak claim is establishing that those leaks actually hurt that and didn't potentially help that. They then actually describe Sykes's NDA, which we already talked about, but basically they saying, exactly what we said. By signing the NDA, he promised to keep Epic's confidential information in strict confidence. By signing, he agreed that any disclosure by him outside of Epic would cause significant harm to us. By signing, he said, unless otherwise permitted by us, he would not photograph or otherwise record the information that he was made privy to as part of his testing. By signing, he acknowledged that were he to breach his obligations, Epic would have the right to pursue injunctive relief, to get the court to order him to do something or refrain from doing something. And then finally, he agreed that North Carolina would govern, which is all kind of standard. Then they established what he actually did. And we have here these kind of series of tweets that say, you know, I played season 11 and can tell you the new stuff uh, and all these other various things. And I don't want to go into the details here except to say if this is all accurate, if this is the person, if they've got the right guy, 
then this all seems like it probably is a breach of their NDA. Except that as we talked about when you're talking about damages, you can see here in these conversations and the way that he uses this information, he's actually excited about Fortnite. And he's trying to convince people on the internet that aren't excited about Fortnite to be excited. There's no way you're trying to better your game, Fortnite. Bro, next season is godly, trust me. I'll believe it when I see it. This shit is not it. I played it and season 11 is it. Bro, you can swim season 11, just chill, lol. Season 11 will be great. And so when you're talking about this from a perspective of trying to establish that he was seeking to harm Fortnite and Epic Games, that's not a great argument, in my opinion. All the stuff that he has put out there don't necessarily look to be self-aggrandizement other than the kind of individual self-aggrandizement that you might otherwise see. Hey, I know this stuff. I feel good about knowing this stuff that you don't know. I'm going to reveal it to you to get you so you're not anxious about what the next season will be. You should be excited about it. We're all going to play Fortnite together, whatever it might be. Note, that doesn't mean he didn't violate his NDA. If all this is true, he clearly did violate his NDA. This is information that he got because he had this access, because he signed this contract. So none of what I'm saying in terms of establishing damages should should take away from the fact that he definitely did breach his agreement if everything in this claim is true as it is alleged. However, when you talk about him trying to hurt Epic Games, when you talk about it detracting from people's uh, anticipation for the next chapter, that doesn't appear to be what he was trying to do. And to the extent that these conversations continue and these people were more excited about Fortnite after he discussed it with them, I would argue that it actually increased anticipation, potentially earned Epic uh, and, and others related to Fortnite more money. And so that becomes the difficulty with what their actual claims are. But that's the history. I will let you uh, read it for yourself. I will link this in the description as Polygon did. Thank you again, Polygon. But now we get into what they're actually claiming. And there's nothing really uh, exciting here or anything that we wouldn't anticipate. The first claim is a breach of contract for the NDA. Hey, you promised us to keep this confidential. You immediately didn't make it confidential. So court, please do something about that. They say we have suffered continuing and irreparable injury. We cannot be adequately compensated by monetary awards alone. So please give us injunctive relief. They don't actually just describe what that injunctive relief might be. We'll get to the end and we'll see that they describe it a little bit. And that also in the NDA, Sykes has agreed to indemnify, defend, and hold Epic harmless from any action expense and costs, including attorney's fees, resulting from his breach. Thus, the court should give us our attorney's fees for this. Now, that's a big one, right? They can't necessarily get damages out of this, but even kind of bringing this claim on what appears to be a flagrant NDA breach means that the court absolutely can award their attorney's fees to the extent that they are reasonable, usually, and he will be on the hook for those attorney's fees because the law looks at this and says, hey, if you're so flagrantly disregarding a contract that you agreed to, then yes, the contract party can have in it a provision that says, if you lose this case, then you are going to owe the attorney's fees because they shouldn't have to bring a claim in order to enforce the contract that you've otherwise agreed to. So this is designed to protect Epic, but it's something that makes sense and is very common in agreements of this type. That being said, not every NDA has it. So if you're going to sign one up, you know, check out the indemnification provision. Make sure that you are comfortable understanding what the court can do for you if you breach the obligations in your NDA. The second claim for relief, and I think the third claim for relief, are all about misappropriation of trade secrets. So as we talked about, trade secrets aren't necessarily the easiest things to kind of lay your hands on. They are the invisible ephemera of intellectual property, the kind of know-how that is at the core of how a company runs and functions. And so misappropriation of trade secrets is often covered in different places in state and federal law. So here we've got a quote of North Carolina law 
that says intellectual property will be considered a trade secret when it is at all relevant times subject to reasonable efforts to maintain its secrecy and derives economic value and competitive advantage from not being generally known. Competitive advantage is actually an interesting quote there, and that might be the better course if I were to draft this claim for Epic Games, and I wouldn't because I'm not a litigator. Please don't call me and ask for litigation advice. But if I were to draft this, I would say, okay, competitive advantage is actually a good one. You know, you're fighting against other Battle Royale games and maybe don't have, say, swimming, and you don't want anybody to know that you're adding swimming because everything that's popular in Fortnite is at bare minimum evaluated by the other Battle Royale game makers and see whether or not it will fit into their game. So you want to, if you're Epic Games, keep that stuff close to the vest as much as possible until release because you at least get some of that first mover advantage that is lost if this stuff gets out in a in a real cognizable way that other people can say, oh, Fortnite's adding swimming. I can get my guys looking at swimming earlier than I might otherwise do if I didn't know that they were doing that. So competitive advantage, in my opinion, is a better argument, actually, than some of the other stuff that we see earlier on in this claim where they want to talk about the value of surprise and spoiler culture on the internet. But either way, North Carolina says, if you've got this information, if it has a competitive advantage, which I think it clearly does, and you try to keep it secret, which I think they clearly did, it will be treated as a trade secret under North Carolina law. And because of that, North Carolina says, hey, you get certain rights to damages, you get certain rights to injunctive relief, and all that Epic Games says here is we would like to go and get that. They also add one other thing, however, and we see it here in paragraph 89. Epic is also entitled to an award of punitive damages under these various North Carolina laws if the disclosure was willful and malicious, egregious, and wrongful. And I went and I looked at this law because I'm not familiar with North Carolina law on trade secret intellectual property law. And basically all it says is if you have a willful and malicious disclosure of trade secrets, the judge can award punitive damages at their discretion. If you're not familiar with the concept, punitive here means punishment. That while you usually have to establish what damages are in relation to how you actually lost money, punitive damages says, hey, this is so important. These people, when they act willfully and maliciously, are so in need of punishment that the court can actually go and ask for more money from this gentleman and say, okay, this was willful, this was malicious, and so you actually are going to owe a set amount of money above what Epic actually lost on this. And so they say, hey, judge, this was obvious. They went on Twitter and said this stuff. And so you need to give us this money. And whether or not they get that, I don't think there's any kind of uh, basis in North Carolina statutory law. There might be some actual case law that talks about when it makes sense for judges to do this. But the actual statute, uh, which I was planning on bringing up in this video, but wasn't long enough or important enough to actually make its own tab here. All it says is that the judge can decide what they want to do for themselves. They also kind of establish here the trade secret damaging measuring stick in, in paragraph 87, which, as we saw above, is either damages to Epic or Sykes's unjust enrichment caused by the misappropriation, whichever is greater. So that conceptually goes back to what we talked about earlier in the video, which is that Sykes, if he made money on this, and it's more than what Epic lost money on in terms of selling Fortnite goods or V-Bucks or whatever it is they're looking to sell, then the court can also say, hey, you can go get the money that Sykes made if it's more than the money that you lost. And I don't know that they actually tie him to actually making money on these releases. And I don't know whether the court wants to get into the business of if he made 1,000 or 10,000 Twitter followers to try to monetize that, because that's going to be very difficult, certainly in a court of law. But those are the kind of premises behind a trade secret misappropriation claim. And we see them mirrored in the next claim for relief, which is misappropriation of trade secrets under federal law. 
and we see a similar kind of definition. We see similar kind of claims. And those are really the basis for what Epic is asking for. Breach of contract, misappropriation of trade secrets, potentially unjust enrichment. I probably would have thrown that in again if I were writing this. But ultimately, that's what they're asking for. And here we get for the prayer for relief, which we have looked at a number of times in virtual legality. This is where you actually, as the claimant, establish exactly what you want the court to do. Enter judgment in our favor, find that he breached his NDA, find that he stole our trade secrets under North Carolina law, find that he, t- he stole our trade secrets under federal law, that that stealing and disclosure was willful and malicious because we want to get those punitive damages, and then enter an order pursuant to North Carolina law that preliminarily and permanently enjoins Sykes, orders him to do something, by requiring him to destroy all copies of our trade secrets in his possession and remove all copies of our trade secrets from anywhere he might have posted or published them. Take down your links, take down your tweets, and otherwise destroy everything that you put into those tweets that is otherwise on your home computer, on a USB drive, or elsewhere where you might hold it. And then preliminarily and permanently enjoin him from disclosing any of our other trade secrets. Then we get to paragraph eight, which is interesting because this is usually where you put a number on it. And they say, enter an order requiring that Sykes pay Epic a sum certain reflecting the maximum amount of damages that we're allowed to get under North Carolina and federal law. We don't even have a number that we're offering here, Judge. We don't have anything quantifiable. We don't have anything that we've established scientifically or elsewise about how we might be damaged. But just order him to get us to the maximum amount of damages that we're otherwise entitled to. This is kind of the umbrella approach to making a lawsuit claim. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it. But it does kind of reflect the issues that I think internally, certainly, but just in general, Epic Games would have been having trying to establish what these damages are. The point of this was not to go and ask for $500,000 or what have you. The point of this was to go and put the fear of God in both Mr. Sykes and whatever future round of testers or people that are signing up NDAs with them would otherwise have. Go and establish that you are willing to sue people for making your life difficult, even if you can't go get monetary damages. Because one of the things that you might feel protected about is, hey, I don't have a lot of money. You can't really establish that this is damaging you. So I feel comfortable breaching my contract, or maybe I don't pay attention to what I sign. And so I tweet stuff. Now, hopefully Epic Games says to you, you will pay attention to what you sign. We will sue you even if we can't win a huge amount of damages. And by the way, because you signed up to that indemnification provision that requires you to pay for our attorney's fees, then we are going to make some money off of you or you are going to have a chit on your register that you're going to owe us some money uh, for a long period of time. So don't do this. Don't sign up to our NDAs. Don't become a tester. If you plan to release this information and if you're tweeting about anything remotely related to what you've tested for us, think twice, think thrice, Think again and think again, because if you do something that hurts us or even potentially hurts us, we're going to bring a legal claim against you. You're going to owe us money for the claim that we brought against you. And hey, maybe we make some more damages in the bargain. That's been a lawyer's view of the Epic Games lawsuit of their Fortnite Chapter 2 leaker. If you enjoyed this video, please like, please subscribe. We are talking about these things and other things in virtual legality all the time. You see in the bottom left corner of your screen, we were just talking about Google Stadia messaging and how that could be a problem. We've talked about copyright reform. We also talk about pop culture all the time. So you see here, we've got impressions of the latest Star Wars trailer. I believe it's the final trailer. 
and a long-running series called A Blizzard of Backlash that discusses how Blizzard is dealing with China, how the NBA is dealing with China, and all the things that have gone into that over the past three weeks. You can anticipate, if you're at all interested, another episode of A Blizzard of Backlash when BlizzCon happens, if not before, because in all likelihood there will be some things to discuss about how Blizzard handles what protests there are, if there are any protests, how they handle questions, and basically how all of BlizzCon looks. So if you are interested in those, bookmark this. Remember to come check back in because I have every reason to believe a Blizzard of Backlash series will continue this weekend to discuss how BlizzCon has gone or is going. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Please share it around with anybody you think might be interested. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate those listens as well. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.